0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions.
1: Listen up.
0: Did you have tickets for this tour?
1: Yes, I did. so I didn't have, I didn't see, I mean, I didn't pay attention to the option to do um, like seating if there's not GA or best available or whatever, because that was under the ADA section. When you're in Ticketmaster. And so I didn't really... Yeah, it was like, you know, you make your choice, then ADA, and then Best Available was under that. And so it didn't seem like an option to me. So I got shut out of all the fan club stuff, which was murderously frustrating because I haven't missed a San Diego Pearl Jam show since 93. And I didn't get tickets at the General on sale. And, oh, it was a nightmare. But I... Still have tickets to San Diego and both L.A.'s. So whenever those are rescheduled, I will at least be in the room, which is actually, you know, I got really spoiled by having a good fan club number. (laughs) And I kind of, you know, just was like, ugh. I'm in whatever really good row, but you know, you just, you kind of start to get that mentality when you've been pampered and taken care of for so long. And so like, I was really, really pissed at first, but then just getting to the point with the whole situation where it's like, dude, I'm just fucking happy to be in the room again. Like that's all I ever wanted as a kid was just get me in the room. I don't care if I'm out on the concourse and I can hear them through like the curtains. (laughs) Like I just want to be in the room. And so it it is kind of nice to, you know, I don't have great seats, but I don't care that I have great seats. And I'm kind of happy to not be around people that have great seats necessarily. You know what I mean? Other people that,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. I think it's going to be good whenever it decides to roll back around. I'm going to be happy. But what about you? What shows were you headed to?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't have the you money. None? No. Yeah, I didn't have any tickets. I was I was kind of just hoping. It's like, okay, maybe they'll do a fall, you know, right before winter uh, run around. Like
1: boomerang back.
0: Yeah, just kind of like right right yeah. before or around the election or something like that. Because I know they've done it. They, they've like right, toured. Right, the
1: 2004 a... vote for change and all that.
0: Yeah, they'll they'll tour until like probably like. Usually, when they're doing around that time, they'll go like right up until like Thanksgiving or something like that.
1: Yeah, the holiday seasons, and then want to be home with fam.
0: Yeah. And no, and you know, it's like, oh, then this is the 30th anniversary show. I mean, they got to be doing something for that, right?
1: They have to. They have to be doing something. I mean, how could they not? It's crazy though, because the 10 year anniversary show didn't even really register that that was a thing. And then Pearl Jam 20 was so big like I remember for in 2000 I'm like we have to get Vegas mm-hmm. tickets because that's going to be the 10-year anniversary show and like a bunch of people were all oh really it is and I'm like how do you not know this <laughs> like <Yeah>. you're fired <laughs> I like <laughs> so I was at that one
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah me too yeah I was with my buddy and we we're like yeah it's the 10th anniversary and nobody kind of like, and like some of the people that were biased were kind of like oh yeah, yeah yeah but like a bunch of people just like didn't know
1: Well, and the one redeeming quality that is still probably in my top three favorite Pearl Jam fan moments, if not favorite moment, is when they did the encore, when everyone blew up the balloons. And like, Mm -hmm. do you remember that? And they were like, bouncing them around like beach balls. But that whole front fan club was like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. (laughs) I thought that was very cool because. Nobody I knew and I had some, you know, pretty avid, rabid fan friends. They were like, Oh, I didn't know it was the tenth anniversary, so I was happy that yeah. the front rows did that. And then getting Chloe and Crown of Thorns, oh my lord, I was freaking out. My boyfriend who wasn't wasn't a Pearl Jam fan really, you know, but he entertained me and came to all the shows with me um i was like you have no idea what you're seeing right now (laughs) i'm just like (laughs) sobbing he's like are you okay i'm like this is so great
0: (laughs) welcome to season three episode 16 of the better band podcast an all-encompassing trip through the pearl jam catalog i'm your host brandon Palomo episode my guest and I go track by track through every album soundtrack and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band welcome back to the better band podcast I am Brandon acting as host and acting as guest I have Deb McMurtry how are you today?
1: I am great. I'm glad to have something on my agenda through all this quarantine, to be really honest with you.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good. That's it. as long as I can provide a service of some sort, then that makes me feel essential, even though I do technically have an essential job.
1: Damn it. Yes, me me too, but you you are essential in completely different ways, and I appreciate you for being essential.
0: You know what? I think nowadays we're all essential, except for those greedy fat cats in Washington, (laughs) am I right? Yeah, that's...
1: Sorry, you're so funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Today, though, we're talking about the Pearl Jam song, Tremor Christ. Mm -hmm. The B-side to the first single, Spin the Black Circle... That was released on November 8th, 1994, written by uh, Jeff and Mike. It's a sort of Beatlesque march, and uh, Jeff provides a kind of walking bass line in through it, which uh, really kind of gives it a different feel.
1: Always a favorite.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, before we get into the song more, and I just started... Uh, getting into it before I remembered that this is the first time you've been on, so I need to ask you. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, I love it. Thank you for having me. Oh, no
0: problem. I have to ask you, though, before we start, start, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam?
1: So it was the end of school year dance in 1992. So I'm pretty sure that that was like end of May, beginning of June, 92. And I was in seventh grade and, you know, we all go to the gym at the end of the day and they are playing, you know, all the Mariah Carey and boys to men and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then like this song comes on, like the opening baseline to Jeremy comes on. And all of a sudden, like my whole spirit orients itself to like the speakers. And I'm like, what is happening in my head right now? And no joke. It was like. I was in some different head place. I just was like feeling the music so much and just like so into it. And nobody even like came to talk to me during that time. Cause they could tell, like, don't mess with Deb. She's somewhere <laughs> else right now.
0: And your eyes rolled in the back of the he- your yes, head and you just sort of tranced out.
1: I seriously did. Like, it was just something that resonated with me so deeply. And like, as soon as it was over, I ran up to the DJ and I was like, who the hell was that? And then kind of like, that was the end of it. I just was a fan from then on. Like I got my first CD player so that I could buy 10 and listen to it. And I mean, that's really my day one. I know that that's not exactly their day one, but for me man, a lot, a lot of life changing things happened late May, early June of 92. And that's definitely up there in the favorites ever.
0: Yeah. That's kind of strange too. I think that uh, it's Jeremy. And the song, and you're listening to it at a school dance, and it's kind of about school, yeah.
1: School-centered, right. Yeah, because a lot of people's origin stories, you know, they hear yeah. it live first or whatever. And I, I didn't hear any of that till I got went and got the long box, because that's Heck how skis yeah. were back then. Got the long box. And you know what's really funny is I don't think I heard deep correctly. Probably for like two years because when I got the CD, it was like fucked up on deep. And so like I memorized the skipping version. And then when I heard the real song for the first time, I'm like, this song's great. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I liked it anyways. You could tell, but.
0: You didn't uh, return it and say, hey, this is busted. Can I exchange it for a new one? You didn't think of that or.
1: No, I mean, I was I was 13 and I'm in a small town, so it's not like we could just go somewhere quick and get it you know at that point my parents weren't a real big fan of my music anyway so I was just happy I had it I'm like I'll live with it I'll make it work it's fine
0: (laughs) what were you listening to uh before then
1: um so I've always had a really broad range of music um so I listened to a lot of just like the pop radio growing up like I remember I was seven and listening to like Kiss FM in LA and all that recording recording songs off the radio like calling in and requesting it and like having my little tape like I used to ask for blank cassettes for Christmas like I've been (laughs) into music for a really long time you know it's like make my request and then hold my finger on the pause button like now go you know the whole original download thing um but then I remember probably six grade-ish maybe it was seventh I was like you know I like a lot of the songs that come on K-Rock which is a radio station out here rock and roll station and I was like I think that's what I'm supposed to listen to and I remember very (laughs) clearly like making a pivotal decision to change the radio stations I listen to and that's what I did so I mean I, I didn't before then I didn't really have a group or a band or even a sound that was like oh that was my jam until Pearl Jam showed up no, they were like, love of my life, swan dive, head over heels, obsessed with from day one. My day one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, mentioning recording from the radio. The The first time I heard this song, they played it on the radio. They played this instead of Spin the Black Circle. Yeah, so I was always kind of like, what the heck? Like sort of a, uh, a precursor to playing who you are. I think as uh the first song from No Code, the, the radio station here just started playing really? Tremor Christ before Vitology came out and I was like, What is this? What is going on? This isn't this is a weird kind of sound for Pearl Jam. Uh. Off the radio I got this song, um, Nothing Man and Corduroy. They played those before the uh the album came out, so wow. I had my tape deck and I had my own mixtape of I had ten and uh and verses that I mixed up the songs on and at the end, I put those three songs that I just recorded off the radio from there.
1: Wow. And that's from, you got it from the radio? Yep. That's crazy. Because I had them before they came out because um, my friend Josh Wilkes and I would go get bootlegs down at, you know, our local, local-ish. We had to drive kind of far to get to it. But um, our local record shop um, and get bootlegs. And that was on, um, Tremor Christ was on the Red Rock show and the Soldier Field show from 95. Mm-hmm. So, I guess technically that's after it was released. Yeah. Never mind. I had heard it live. <laughs> Shut up. Edit that out. I'm just kidding. You can leave it. Um. So I'd heard it live before I saw it live is where my notes were going with that. Mm-hmm. But no, okay. I don't. I don't think I heard it until you know getting the record, like the actual record, two weeks before the CD came out, which I always felt like a boss about. I was like, yeah, I know this whole thing, <laughs> and it's getting released today. Do you remember that? Do you remember that it was released? On record two weeks before, like the CD and tape
0: release. Yes, yeah, I um, I actually got the vinyl. Uh, I won it from a radio call-in. Oh, wow. and that was the first uh, first vinyl I ever owned. The first Per Jam vinyl that I had as well. So
1: really. You know what that was probably my first Pearl Jam vinyl too. I think I had a couple others by then. Um another friend Josh of mine, his brother worked <laughs> I know there's a lot of Joshs in my life, trust me. Um, and I love them all. Um his brother worked at a music shop like a guitar, you know, you go get guitar lessons there. And so he he brought me the record to Spanish class the next day. So I guess I got it on like the 23rd. November twenty third. Um so yeah, he had brought it to school for me and I was like, Oh my gosh, it was a rainy day and I took it home and opened it up and it's still my favorite go to rainy day record.
0: Cool. Yeah, let me see. Um Oh, I've seen it once live.
1: I've seen it twice live and it's very interesting. I've seen it or I saw it at my first show in San Diego, eleven six ninety five, and I saw it at my last show, mm-hmm. San Diego eleven twenty one, thirteen. So Both November shows, both San Diego, the only two times out of 34, I think. 34 times I've seen them. And they get to be the end caps, the bookends.
0: This song, we may have seen it a couple times, but uh, it was first played on November 30th, 1993. And you can listen to that if you have The uh, Vault, number five.
1: Aladdin in Vegas, right?
0: Yep. Yep, and uh, I was just talking about that on the uh, Swallow My Pride episode, because that's also the same concert, but that's from from the uh, 95 uh, fan club single. Oh, it is. Yep, it's all coming together. See, I I start establishing a continuity in my episodes, and now you got to listen to them all to to know the entire story, to get them in, just like you're looking through old comic books for, oh, this guy's first appearance was here, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. But uh, yeah, this song I first heard on the radio and it was really thrown off. And I think part of it is the um, the chord is like a seventh chord. So it's got a weird sort of dissonant sound to it. Told this story, I think, in another episode where we were listening to it. One of my uh, my friends had it on vinyl, and he recorded it to tape. And he brought it in like the next day to school, as we after school we had uh, a play rehearsal. And so we're just kind of like chilling out and playing it and stuff. And another friend was talking about how his uh, his grandmother had a book about how all rock and roll is based on worshiping the devil and stuff like that. And so he was like talking about that, and like this song kind of oh, comes man. on. It's like, oh yeah, it's got like a weird sound. Oh my gosh, baby, it's right. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> you know, Maybe just kind of. No, no, you know, not, not really, but you know, just. No, kinda... but it,
1: it it does have a, a weird ambiance to it, and I yeah. I really love like tum- the tumbling bass line. You know where stuff sounds like it's a slinky going down steps. I love that. Love it. Mm.
0: of maybe like a story but it's kind of doesn't really make sense at least to me
1: it seems like a very coded broken heart story to me
0: what do you kind of what's the storyline or plot you kind of get from it
1: so like so the imagery in my head is like you know he talks about the organ he left bloodied on the shore now that could either be maybe like his heart or somebody else's heart i'm assuming it's somebody else's heart meaning the she the savior that's drowning in his wake later um but just leaving somebody behind and you know going out to do whatever find yourself lose yourself whatever but uh, the imagery of someone being out in an ocean you know presumably in a boat and an earthquake happening and like shit getting crazy and whether it's a literal earthquake or an emotional one or i i see it as i see it as a heartbreak like it seems very anxious like the song feels like somebody trying to process that heartbreak or that loss yeah. hmm. but that's just me i could be way off oh, no
0: that's fine <laughs> i mean i don't think that there's a specific uh you know, oh, this song means this or something like that, unless it's something that he mentioned, like, at a show or something like that that a couple people have heard the bootleg of or something like that, and it just hasn't made it wide like the other songs that have had uh, their meanings sort of explained and stuff like that. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, you always get a sense of the sea, too. I mean, the the rhythm kind of gives a, like I said, like a marching sort of feel to it, but it's also like the rocking, possibly, like of a boat
1: yeah the swaying back and forth, yeah
0: yeah and it's it's kind of just from the that sort of lyrical imagery and stuff like that, it makes me think like there might be like inspiration from the uh, the book Old Man in the Sea, and then talking about the devil and angels in the second verse, kind of like maybe that's like the temptation of Christ in the mm. desert and stuff that maybe it's kind of referencing that possibly. Oh or that's, that's just a
1: very interesting connection because i always wondered like where the title tremor christ you know really came from like what mm-hmm. the fuck does that mean even <laughs> even having the context of the song like i
0: don't yeah, know th- there's yeah lyrically i think there's a lot of sort of and things about secrets you know so the little secrets tremors turn to quakes that could possibly be like um you know little reactions kind of building up over time until it you know creates a huge catastrophe or something possibly you know waves turning into tsunamis or something or just kind of like a light a white light here and a little light here and then all of a sudden you're caught up in a in a huge you know blow up of of it all tumbling down
1: so maybe even it's not i mean it could still be a heartbreak thing but maybe it's a heartbreak because like i really fuck shit up this time Mm -hmm. you know like i'm i'm gonna dip out because i hurt you or even the other way around maybe the the she on the shore or the she in the wake could have been the one too and he's just getting away to be healthy you never know
0: yeah just um recently my uh my five-year-old daughter was uh watching some uh, mermaid Barbie movies mm-hmm. and then uh, my wife uh, told her about sirens about how they would you know call from the sea mm-hmm. and try to try to lure sailors out to their death and stuff and my daughter was just gobsmacked from it. it's like oh,
1: mermaids can be evil oh man all of us can <laughs> sweetie we all have a dark side <laughs> and a light side okay <laughs> that's just how humans are <laughs> and mermaids and whatever yeah. else you never know <laughs>
0: Let's see. Yeah, this is this is like a song that I think is just it's it's a real hmm.
1: It's real. I love that.
0: Yeah, it's a real thinker. That's a real sort of I I think that it it's definitely fits in with some of the weird stuff on the album, but it's also sort of like a, a real song too, so it's not it's not in line with the weird <laughs> weird sort of okay, this stuff could be left off. This is like, okay, well this is, you know, Pearl Jam like i think a definite sort of album track it's not like a a a number one hit or anything like that that people are going to be like oh yeah this is great this is awesome i can't wait till they play Tremor christ but then you something that they kind of if they bust it out every once in a while be kind of like oh
1: wow cool. yeah it's not one of the songs that you go to the bathroom on but i i do think that it's i would say it's up there in in favorites maybe not overall favorites but i i think a lot of people like it I mean, as far as, like, the whole album goes, I mean, the whole album's genius and stands alone on its own. If that was, like, the only... If that was the only record they released, I would have been happy, you know, from... <laughs> seriously, from the from the songs to the artwork to... I mean, I even went and got the actual Vitology books. I'm like, this is oh. so fascinating. I love weird shit. And it's <laughs> it's definitely that. <laughs> but I, I think it's one of the better songs on the record. But I always... I have always been drawn to like the weird ones, the outliers, the waltzes, which this one isn't.
0: But I think the the people that you know like all the the popular stuff, and that's you know that's there's nothing wrong with that. But then there's I think some of the fans that might look down on those people, it's like oh you philistines, you <laughs> you don't know the real the real deep Pearl Jam weird stuff that uh that I do. All oh, you're waiting for a live and Jeremy, oh I'm. I'm waiting for Tremor Christ and for Bugs, you know?
1: <laughs> so while I love everybody, I really cannot stand that element in people. The elite, the elitism, the, I was a fan first, or I've been to this many, or, oh, how dare you, like, the hits. Well, they're fucking hits for a reason, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I think the world could do without without that mentality, but...
0: And then there's, you know, on the... um. You know, the other side, too, is kind of like, oh, they should just make the first three albums over and over again. I haven't listened to, you know, No Code is the worst. All oh, the new album is horrible Ugh. just because, you know, it doesn't sound like the old stuff.
1: Which drives me crazy because it's like, guess what? The album is still there. Yeah, The albums that you love, they're still there. Go listen to them. Like this is not this is not about a commodity this is not about a producer and people that are going to buy your product this is art this is art being made art being presented and if it clicks with you that's fucking fantastic and if it stops clicking with you yeah i can see how that would suck a little bit but guess what you still have the records that clicked with you go listen to them
0: hmm. you're 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 allowed to like what you like and you shouldn't really Look down on other people for liking what they like, unless, you know, it's maybe horribly racist or hurting somebody, <laughs> hey, but, well, you know, that's just me.
1: Well, I, well, no, it's not just you. It's me okay. also, at least. <laughs> okay, so,
0: good. So now I can, you know, I, I write that down. That, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> me and Deb think that.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you have to have a little weirdness to figure out what you, uh, to figure out where your taste really lies. Like, oh, sushi, not for me. Or, you know, like, uh, it's like, oh, wow, this is like, I never thought of putting these types of mushrooms on this or that or something like that.
1: Right, I always go back right. to food, you can't so just... that's
0: like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all fine and good by me. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can, you can have a blanket statement of, so generally, like for me, I generally don't like, what the fuck ever, ska music. I really don't. But I do like this one song. You know, you can have... You can have anomalies, you can have outliers, you can have exceptions to any rule. So, yeah, you you got to you got to be a little weird. At least a little weird. I mean, a lot weirds even better. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I'm in that category.
0: <laughs> I know being from Southern California and not liking ska, that must uh, really uh Put you out. Oh my
1: my God. The later years of high school, I couldn't handle dude. I I could not handle it at all. But you know what? It's cool because a lot of people that I really dig, people that you know I grew up with and I really love, like, that's their thing. And that makes me happy. Like I wanna see people loving what they do and who they're with and all that. And that's that's what matters to me, not whether I like the same thing as them. Like are are they happy and joyful and I, I can resonate with that emotion rather than, you know, the the catalyst of that emotion. Again, even though it's ska, which I cringe at, like a lot of good things can come from that.
0: If you say so. No.
1: <laughs> I do say so, damn it. Good you can find good everywhere. Everything is a half full and half empty glass everything is and oh uh my ex-husband still best friend ryan wonderful human with issues but aren't we all anyways he used to always tell me He'd get so mad when I'd be like, the glass is half full, babe, the glass is half full. And he's like, it's the same amount of liquid. And I was like, oh, shit, he's right. I'm like, no, but I, but I know that I'm right <laughs> in my, like, relentless optimism. So, like, what, how, wait, how does it? The... it wasn't clicking. And finally, I just looked him in the eyes. I go, you know what? You're right. It is the same amount of liquid. But if you focus on what's there instead of what's missing, the perspective shift changes mm-hmm. everything. And I won
0: that argument. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a wonderful hmm. moment <laughs> Let's say
0: if, it's, if, it's, if it's half empty that means it's in the process of emptying so it's sort of like it's half you know half empty now and that's sort of implying that later on it's going to be even yeah. more empty where it's half full it's in the process of filling so in the future it's going to get even more full
1: fucking look at you that's a really good perspective I love that I that's very similar to like my, my, we're all spiraling philosophy. We're either spiraling up or we're spir- spiraling down. Now, sometimes it's slight and sometimes it's dramatic, but we're always going either up or down. And now I can apply that to my, my glass. I'm stealing that from you. That yes, was that's, a,
0: you know, that's what I'm here for to impart this great wisdom. People think this is just a Pearl Jam podcast, but I'm really getting in there, getting to the deep psychology that breaks it all down for all of us, that unites humanity into a huge, I don't know, I'm just blathering on and on, thinking that I would be able to keep talking about something, but I'm crashing and burning, not working out, that's okay. I'll still talk very dramatically like this, like I'm making a huge point.
1: Philosophical as fuck. (laughs) I love it.
0: Um. Yeah. So this song. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else th- about it. Uh, that's uh, the 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 only other note I have is that the uh, uh I don't know it's not the size of the boat but the motion <laughs> of the ocean. <laughs>
1: uh that's really funny. I like it. That's,
0: uh, because it's, it's it's a small ocean, the smallest ocean, still get big big waves, right? I mean, that's, they, I they do they do
1: <laughs> um you know what i find interesting kind of bringing it back to the record um as a whole is it's one of mm-hmm. so it's like one of what three songs where the whole thing is actually handwritten out um on the yellow paper and it's it's funny
0: just like better man is also on the same yellow paper yeah and like, nothing man
1: and that's that has always been one of my favorite transitions from all of their records but especially this record is the transition from tremor christ into the little right before nothing man and i and i like Mm -hmm. that it looks like the tremor christ lyrics were written on the page before nothing man like they were always destined to follow one another because they sound so good back to back to me i love it
0: yeah, and uh, I believe the uh, Nothing Man was also recorded in the same session as Chairman uh, oh, well, Christ as well. Oh, that makes perfect
1: sense. I'm glad that they didn't separate the fraternal twins, because I like it.
0: Have you heard the um, the Vault release that has their, their first performance of it?
1: No, I don't think that I have, actually. It's,
0: uh, you don't need to. It's the... <laughs> oh i don't uh, is it that oh yeah
1: (laughs) oh really damn it now i really want to find it i'm gonna i'm gonna have to hit up randy or something
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) send me that (laughs) yeah you you can tell that it's kind of it's their first time playing it and uh kind of some people know what they're doing some people don't eddie of course you know maybe in the middle of writing the lyrics is not too uh solid on everything that kind of goes but it's at least interesting that you know oh this is the first performance Uh, okay i guess
1: hearing songs before they're fully formed and on records. Um, I know it's something Ani DeFranco does all the time. Like I'd go see her live and there's a song I fall in love with and it doesn't come out for like two or three more records. I'm like, damn it. Um, But I really, really love hearing songs in their infancy. And, you know, I love, I love when they used to improv all the time Mm -hmm. because you, you just, you get to see like that birthing process immediately. Um, And I love to analyze like how the lyrics change, you know, like how brother became daughter or whatever So I'm definitely gonna check. I'm gonna check out that first When we were talking about about, you know, people either Like it's not their very favorite song, but it's not their least favorite song. Oh, and the lyrics chance blamed fate Oh my gosh, that that's a knife in the side, aren't they? Maybe that's just me. I've I've my issues in life I've always been like literally looking for signs like looking oh this is fate this was meant to be everything happens for a reason no it fucking doesn't some Mm -hmm. some stuff happens for a reason but we assign reason to everything that happens and i finally realized that's what i was doing and i've had so many chance moments being like oh it's just fate well no you're calling it you're calling it fate because you can't own your own shit deborah like you made this decision this is the consequence of that decision like that's where you're at and so you know hearing it then it sounded sad and it sounded like uh like gut-wrenching and then as i grew up and fucked a bunch of shit up (laughs) like it it really that line is a is a side side herder
0: be that the, the, especially with the uh, with the ending, I'll decide take the dive, take my time, not my life. Wait for signs. Believe in lies to get by. It's divine. It's it's sort of you know we all have our own. I don't know things that we sort of structure our lives around and, and, totally. and sort of what are you going to totally? Do? Yes, I. <sighs> In order Ugh. to 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 get by, you know like what are you are you gonna believe lies? are you going to get into religion? are you going to just mm-hmm. you know give it all up and just do away with everything or you know like how are you how are you going to 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 get through in life because everybody yeah. has to
1: you gotta cope you gotta yeah. cope one way or another and we we build these fantastic alternate universes in our heads to escape to when we need to. And I, I totally think that's what the end of that was about. Like when he's all, Oh, you know what it's like. I'm like, yes, I do. I totally do. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, I think that's all. That's all. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's all. I mean, it's, it's, uh,
1: well, it's a good song. It is. It's up there on my favorites. I would, I would love to have seen it more than just two times out of 34. But that kind of makes it special, too, because then when they do pull it out, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I like this.
0: Yeah, I think as far as like uh, kind of weird-ish sort of album tracks that I would like to see more live and stuff, I think that it kind of goes yes. with uh, the Yield track, No Way. It's kind of got like a sort of mm. same kind of not necessarily plotting, but sort of like deliberate beat to it kind of feel. And so it's kind of like, oh, that would be really yes. cool to see. But I know that they probably are like, eh whatever it's not a huge song that'll get people pumped up for but but it should be yeah yeah get pumped up for more weird stuff
1: yes please
0: take 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 delight in novelty
1: yes and uniqueness awkwardness yeah it's only awkward if you make it
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so that's pretty much it i think for this episode right you got anything else no
1: nope. i think we i think we hit all we could hit
0: yeah did a pretty pretty good job had some laughs got real deep oh yeah <laughs> that's 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 all i'm looking for doing these
1: yep a surprise around every corner that's
0: Ooh. fun so thanks for coming on deb and uh you don't have anything you want to shout out something that people should look forward to that they may not know about
1: um i have nothing absolutely nothing to plug okay i'm just a i'm just a person trying to make life suck less for whoever i come in contact with
0: as we all should
1: be it waving them through when we get to a stop sign and intersection at the same time or just smiling at a random person maybe they think i'm gonna kill them i don't know i'm just trying to be happy man (laughs) that's all i got
0: Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, probably have you back later, unless you thought this was total dog shit.
1: (laughs) No, I will be signing up for future songs, as you should do. Go sign up, everyone. Not you, you, the host. You, the listening audience. Go sign up for a song. It's fun. Trust me. Go do it. You'll love it.
0: Yeah, I'm not scary.
1: No, in fact, in fact... The Better Band Podcast makes dreams come true, I hear. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> they actually do. <laughs> I am one of them.
0: And I didn't so, tee up for that or anything. <laughs>
1: nope. <laughs> I remembered it on my own. <laughs> and I, I thank you immensely for that, my friend. You have no idea.
0: Oh, you're totally welcome. And thank you. Coming on, and now I got this song done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yay!
0: subscribe to the better band podcast on apple podcasts google play or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at betterbandpod i am on twitter at brandon p b-r-a-n-d-e-n-p if you would like to be a guest on a future episode send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and i'll read them on the season finale episode Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Deb. And as always, this is Brandon saying, All right, brain. You don't like me and I don't like you. But let's just do this and I can get back to killing you with beer.